Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Immortal Index, where we talk all things Wuxia and Xianxia. I'm your host, Stephen Lemieux. We're going to be talking about some really cool stuff today. We're going to kind of break down what the show is. We're going to break down kind of what we're going to be going over week to week, uh, what I'm a fan of. I want you guys to send me what you're a fan of. Of course, the show already has a Twitter. It's at Immortal Index. Uh, go ahead and follow that now. We also have a YouTube channel that you'll be able to find that through the Twitter as well as our SoundCloud which links to iTunes, so go ahead and leave us a comment and subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with this show. We're going to be going every single week talking about our favorite moments, talking about a main topic, and also giving you a recommendation uh, from one of my favorite novels tonight, especially one of my favorite novels, is A Will Eternal. But we're going to first off go with our moment of the week before we talk, of course, about the end of Desolate Era, which is Ait Tomato's... uh, most recently finished and translated work. Uh, it's really kind of crazy that it's over. I've been following it for two and a half years. It's been being translated for so long. And it really does feel like an end of a era having this having this, uh, this, this book be over. But we'll get to that in a second. First up, I want to kind of explain about the show. Uh, I've been talking to Deathblade, who of course is the translator for I Shall Seal the Headvins, as well as A Will Eternal. Uh, very recently about wanting to do something in the space for web novel translations because I'm such a fan. I've been reading so many of them. As you can see, like a lot of the, a lot of the ones I'll go ahead and break down really quickly. Uh, the, the novels that I'm reading right now, I'm reading a will eternal rebirth of the thief, Wudong Kyung Kun, uh, martial world upgrade specialist in another world, sovereign of the three realms, renegade immortal imperial God emperor, blue Phoenix against the gods, I'm still a little bit through Battle Through the Heavens, uh, but I've completed Coiling Dragons, Stellar Transformations, I Shall Seal the Heavens, Desolate Era, and Warlock of the Magus World. So I've read a lot of these stories, and I'm reading them daily, and it's kind of like an addiction for me in that it always keeps my mind going, and it always keeps me trying to, you know, adapt some of these idioms to my real life, you know, stay calm under pressure, and, you know, there's, there's something to be said about the relaxation of reading these books and kind of the cool community that goes with it. And I noticed that there wasn't a podcast for it out there that I could find that kind of, you know, talked about the things I want to talk about. So I figured, hey, I have the resources. I, I already work for a studio that does podcasts. It makes sense. Let's go ahead and do one that talks about Ciencia. So Deathblade, of course, was a big uh, proponent to, you know, tell me that I should do it. And that's really awesome because I've been following him translating, of course, from... I Shall Seal the Heavens, to now A Will Eternal, which we'll be doing a reading of Chapter 1 later in the episode. Uh, today we are going to be talking about my top favorite moments, my top five moments from Desolate Era. Of course, this is a book that just ended, which is completely insane. Uh, volume 45, Chapter 17, was the final chapter in Desolate Era. And if you guys have read it, you know what I'm talking about in that this is probably one of my favorite stories I've read so far. Uh, I think it's right up there alongside Coiling Dragon is one of the things that if anyone wanted to start reading Wuxia or reading Xianxia, they they would go to Desolate Era and they will be addicted right off the bat. I had a Twitter poll on, my, on the uh, Immortal Index podcast Twitter, which asked which one was 
of IE Tomato's past three novels that have been translated between Coiling Dragons, Stellar Transformations, and Desolate Era. Which one was your favorite? And we're going to go over the results of that and talk about what our next poll will be at the end of the show. But first up, I kind of want to get into my favorite moment of the week. And this is kind of going to sound a little bit repetitive at this moment, but my favorite moment of the week is the end of Desolate Era. It's, it's, it, it's just... It's always a bittersweet moment when you're reading a book and it ends, um, especially so when that book is 1,500 chapters and thousands and thousands and millions of characters and you've just been following it for so long. Because we all know these books aren't like where you can pick it up at Barnes & Noble and finish it within a day. These are books that take months to read. If you binge them, even then it's still going to take you weeks and if they're not fully translated, you're hanging on the edge of your seat every single day, hoping for that update to say, hey, you're in the F5 sect. Go ahead and read the book that you want to read right now. So it's it's so exciting that something will end. I was really sad that it did end, but I really liked how they tied everything together. They had a really good bow on it. Of course, it was a little cheesy with uh, with uh, UA's uh, ending, but at the same time, there's no other way to end it. So I can't really, I can't really have that be a negative mark against the book. I really liked the introduction of this second story outside of our entire main story within the final chapter. I know a lot of people will probably criticize it for for cr- creating this whole universal. Like, oh my god, this is an entire thing that you're watching, the creation of the universe in flashback form. But I actually really enjoyed it because it it pertained to what was going on within the desolate chaos verse. Uh kinda kinda similarly. Uh when you when you go back all the way to the the original realm that Jean, that our protagonist Gene Ng is from the main big story in the beginning of this was the the battle between the seamless gate and the three realms and one of the biggest things about that is the is the need for mutual d- destruction either they win or they lose and also a big thing for that is kind of a uh an influence from outside the playing board like if you're on a chess like it's it's an outside influence so when you look at how the seamless gate had the had the the god of all fiends you know within the the three realms quintessence altering things to make things better for their side it it kind of is foreshadowing of when we see this gigantic continent of what this universe used to be and the spirit of this continent kind of gaining control and trying to control all things within it as the lord of all fiends was using the 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 laws of the three realms to force people into a fight into a final struggle which they do a good job of making you always feel like a frog in the well that's kind of the the saying that they always use but in this especially where our entire story takes place within one of these chaos verses uh and then you get smaller and smaller until you get from the three realms till you get to the uh the next level up the next level up the next level up until finally you're at the 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 autark level of power trying to create trying to win this war to get to the chaos lord level of power and you get outside that and you realize that oh there actually is an end to this universe and kind of the story behind it but what i wanted to really get into with my favorite moment was 
how he treated Alphon, which is, of course, the ruler of the Sith Chaos Verse, where we're introduced to his name as Alphon in, in the ending, where Ning decides to destroy the slowly blossoming uh, Chaos Verse that's kind of weak, but also tremendously uh, powerful, which we get the, the, what is it, the comparison between uh, when Bright Moon was born, how she spent five years within the womb and that made her more powerful and how this is a new blossoming chaos verse that's been there for so long, but it's still just not formed, which means that it's going to be even more powerful. But when he destroys it, I really liked the moment where you have the the Sith chaos Lord revealing himself to be the sentinel for the original being of that continent, wanting to climb to that higher level of power to control everything coming to the self-realization that it is enough to just protect what you need to protect. Why climb to the highest level of power when you're already at the peak? Because at this moment, there is no higher peak unless I Eat Tomatoes is going to bring in a universe outside of this, but I don't see that happening, which is really cool because when you compare this to previous novels like Stellar Transformations and um, Coiling Dragon, it's all about creating a universe within yourself that you can control everything to. So on some level, his other novels lead them to become uh, like the spirit of the continent in some ways. If you really think about it, it's it's the person at the top who controls the fate of all things. And in this, they rebel against that and we're left with a main protagonist that isn't aspiring to be a god, per se, of all things, but only of his own little ninth of this of this, uh, of this universe, which I thought was really cool. And what he also played a juxtaposition with is that in a lot of these stories, the main goal of the protagonist is to become the strongest, to become the ruler of everything. And we're also paired with all these, with these things called heart demons, which if anyone's familiar with Xiancia, they know heart demons are something that drives someone to the point of despair, drives them crazy with obsession that they're obsessed with, that when they're going through tribulations, that obsession comes out in a form that hurts them. And when you look at Alphon, his obsession with growing more powerful and becoming this level above the Omega Autark is interesting because it actually ends up as a heart demon without him knowing it. So when Ning destroys the blossoming chaos verse, it frees him of that. And he has that moment of clarity in that there was no point in the end of becoming stronger, which I think is just a really different way of treating an end of a story. So I was, I was, I was a big fan of how they treated the character. I like that we didn't kind of get this whole villainous thing of like, okay, let's immediately go to war with the other chaos verse. Uh, we don't need Ning versus Alphon. We don't need the whole, like the, the Sith war versus the human realm is over. We don't need that. So it was a, it was a really cool way to end the series. I certainly agreed with the choices that tomatoes made on it. So I'm a fan. That was my favorite moment of the week because honestly, you always remember the last chapter of the books you read. Uh, I do want to go into my top five moments from Desolate Era. And these are mine. These aren't the top five ever. Uh, honestly, I've been reading this story for two years now. So to remember everything, I, I didn't plan on doing a podcast two years ago. I didn't take notes. So I have the things that really stuck out in my memories. And that's what I stuck with for my top five moments. Uh, for one, this is pretty recent. But when Ji Ning just randomly says, who gives a shit after killing a bunch of people? Um, yeah, it's just, it was so out of character 
And Tomatoes even wrote it to have another character be like, what did you say? And him just being like, yeah, well, I just kind of don't care anymore. I thought that was kind of a cool moment. It wasn't like, it's kind of the throwaway to be in the top five, but it just stuck with me because it was just so out of character that I thought it was funny. My number four would be Old Man Yuan's assassination attempt. This is way back before the end war with the Three Realms and Seamless Gate. Um, it was it was really surprising because it's the first time we see a, a heart, heart realm, heart world, being used in such a massively ferocious attack against somebody. So it really kind of set the ground for when Ning is creating his heart world projection and kind of how violent it can be. It, it makes it more realistic when he's killing people left and right with that, that, you know, he was almost killed by somebody else betraying him with that. I thought that was really cool. Plus it really played into the whole political situation of them being against each other. I liked that a lot. Then number three, uh, the reveal of why they're fighting against Seamless Gate. I thought it was a really cool uh, a reveal to have the uh, the Autarch's blood and life essence be combined into the chaos jewels within the planets, making two of them combine through a collision and forcing all of the creatures on the planets to fight each other. I mean, it's there, there's a lot more to it. It's really hard to explain. I'm not trying to. I'm trying not to give away too many spoilers within this, even though I am talking about the the, the top the end of a book. But it was, it's just a really cool reveal to see how this whole universe is interacting with each other and how these chaos jewels form and why their realm is so much stronger than the other realms. And I just really like that moment. Uh, this, the next one, number two on my list, is just the whole Nine Dust arc with uh, the friendship between Nine Dust and Ning because you have their journey into the 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 maze where they find the fruits and everything you have their journey into finding the the blood which created the oh my god why am i forgetting the name of it the aeonians like the the blood of the aeonians which is really interesting because half like a quarter into the story we're 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 introduced to this race called the aeonians that eat dow lords they eat these cultivators but they're not the main antagonist in the story which i thought was really cool as well we have several things going on once and then when we realize that they're actually created by one of the strongest cultivators from just a drop of his blood as like a test i thought that was really interesting and it, it, it's a lot of world building that he didn't have to do but he did do which created a more like more captivating story um but i just really like the whole nine dust arc and how you know, it goes from enemies to being put through hardships to becoming friendships and then becoming like this really cool thing where, you know, they're helping each other out and getting through these really dangerous situations. I think that's what we read these stories for. So I really liked that. Uh, and then finally, my number one top five moment in Desolate Era would have to be kind of the use of UA as a love interest for her propellant. It's her whole character Really, you don't get to know the character too well. You don't get a lot of the inside scoop on everything. Really, her thoughts are more surface level when dealing with Ji Ning. But her as a plot device is one of the more compelling things of the story because she didn't need to be as involved. Because characters don't need a reason to have feelings or have that for another character. It just is. Whether or not you 
agree with it or not, there there had to be a love interest somewhere. And the way they used her character in terms of having the seamless gate have control over her and then shattering her soul and then making it that one of the reasons that you couldn't revive her easily being that uh, Autark's energies were mixed in within the Chaos Jewel that created the Stronger Three Realms. Like, the things that made him strong were also the things that prevented him from getting his goal, but also the things that propelled him towards fighting harder to get to his goal. So everything kind of came together really well in the end, and I like that we didn't spend four chapters having him revive her at the end, and then having them talk, and then having, like, oh my god. Like, they didn't dwell on it. They ended it with them together the way it should have been, and it wasn't just a thing that was constantly brought up. And it wasn't like the main, it wasn't the main point. Like you didn't have him, you didn't have all these Altarks fighting the Sith just for Ning to revive Yue. That wasn't like the whole point of the war. It was an entire war. And the last thing he does is revive her. Because the first thing he does is revive everyone who died in this ridiculously crazy war versus the Sith. So I thought, I thought it was all came together really well. I really love the story. I'd love to know your guys' thoughts. Please let me know. Tweet at Immortal Index uh, and follow us on Twitter. Uh, like this video on YouTube. Subscribe if you can. I'm going to try to do these every week. I'm pretty sure I can. And I'm going to have a different topic every week. If you, ha- if you have something that you think I should talk about, let me know. Um, if you want to call into the show, we might be able to make that happen. Uh, I don't have a co-host right now because I'm in Los Angeles and I seem to be the only person here who's a big fan of this content. Which, that can't be true. Prove me, prove me wrong that that's true, because I, I would love to have somebody talk about this with me. Or just to get you guys excited, like, I, I'm, I'm excited to be able to do this. So, I'm going to get better throughout, the show's going to get better throughout, it's going to evolve, the format's going to evolve, kind of work out the kinks. This is my first episode, so please forgive me for anything that drags on a little too long, or anytime I start vamping. Uh, that will kind of clear up with time, as shows usually do. Uh, please find the show on iTunes by searching for Immortal Index. You can also search for Xiancia, X-I-A-N-Z-X-I-A, or Wuxia. It should pop up. Leave me a comment on iTunes, and I'll give you a shout-out on the show. Uh, I don't have comments because it's the first episode, but I would have given you a comment now. And please give that five stars. It really helps us out. I do the show for free, obviously, so it would really tremendously help me with searchability and help me get the show out there. And also, if you have friends who read this stuff, if you're talking to people on Twitter, if you're on Reddit, share the link, share the show. That would help me so much out. Uh, I am talking to translators right now who are with Wusha World to try to get uh, some people on here, maybe from interviews or maybe even discussing some of your favorite topics together. Uh, and yeah, that would be that'd be awesome for me, guys. Um, now, I do want to get into... The recommendation I have for today, which, you know, I've been following Deathblade for so long and all the way through I Shall Seal the Heavens. I've been a Patreon supporter of him for a long time, so I'm 10 chapters ahead of everybody on everything because I pay money uh, to be that, which is kind of hilarious because I'm that much of an addict. But uh, today, our recommendation, I'm going to recommend everyone start reading A Will Eternal. Uh, A Will Eternal is... The fourth novel from Ergen, Uh, of course, he's done a few others. He stopped one midway through because another one was taken off. But uh, you you should all know of I Shall Seal the Heavens, and you should have also seen the updates for Renegade Immortal, which are both also his stories. Um, So we're going to go over a quick synopsis from Wusha World. And we're going to also read the first chapter together. That'll be fun. And we'll give you I'll give you my thoughts on the story so far without spoilers. 
And yeah, please go follow uh, Deathblade over at Deathblade I S S T H. Uh, that's on Twitter at Deathblade I S S T H. It's also got a YouTube page. Uh, if you go to this YouTube page, you'll see it under the front page under friends. Uh, go ahead and give him a subscribe too, because he puts out a lot of cool stuff about like translation, about pronunciation of the words. Uh, I've learned so much from following him, uh, especially the other people like Little Shanks at Valer. Follow those guys too. Of course, Ren Waxing. Uh, so. First up, I'm going to give you a disclaimer because I grew up in North Carolina. I lived in California for seven years now. Uh, I am not from China in any sense of the word. I am not a fluent uh, Mandarin speaker. I have not taken classes to speak Mandarin. Uh, So I'm about as like blue collar as they come when it comes to this stuff. I will try to research as much as I can to get the names right, to have the correct pronunciation for the names. But there will be times where I don't, and I just hope that you'll forgive me. Uh, I'm doing this because I love the content. It's in no way uh, meant to be disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. So just uh, bear with me on that if I do, but I will get better with time, I promise you. So the synopsis from Usha World for A Will Eternal is... It is the fourth novel from Ergen. It tells the tale of Bai Xiaochun, uh, an endearing but exasperating, you can say that again, a young man who is driven primarily by his fear of death and desire to live forever. Hey, who isn't? But who deeply values friendship and family. The story takes place in the same universe as Ergen's other novels, but it is a separate story and can be read alone without the previous knowledge. It's much more comedic and lighthearted than his previous works, although it has its fair share of action and drama. Uh, the names from the first chapter, uh, I got pronunciation help, thanks to Deathblade, of course. I have the pronunciation video that he put out there for the first names in the story in the description, so go ahead and click on that if you want to watch that. Uh, the two names that we're working with in the story is uh, Bai Xiaochun, as well as, uh, let's see here, da, 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 Li Qingho. So those are the two names that we'll be going through as we read this. Uh, so I hope you enjoy... This reading, this is the first chapter of A Will Eternal, and afterwards we'll talk about my thoughts on the story so far and why I think it's something that you guys should be reading. So let's go ahead and throw some music on and get through this. Woo! Mount Hood lay in the Eastwood Mountain Range, and at its base was a quaint little village. The villagers there lived off the land and didn't have much to do with the outside world. Currently, it was dawn, and the villagers were congregated at the village gate to see off a young man of 15 or 16 years of age. He seemed thin and weak, but had a healthy, fair complexion and an overall charming appearance. He wore an ordinary green robe and had apparently been washed so many times it was nearly worn through. Something about the way he was dressed, plus the innocent look in his eyes, made him seem exceptionally quick-witted. His name was Bai Xiaochen. "'Dear elders and fellow villagers,' he said." I'm on my way to learn about immortal cultivation. I shall miss all of you. The young man wore a slightly pained expression, as if he couldn't bear to part with his fellow villagers. This made him look even more charming than before. The surrounding villagers exchanged glances, shrugged helplessly, and then pretended to look even more reluctant to see him leave. A white-haired old man stepped out from the crowd and said, Zouchun, ever since your dad and mom left us oh so long ago, you... you have been... He paused for a moment. Such a good kid. Seeing that Bai Xiaochen hadn't left yet, he continued. Don't tell me you're not interested in living forever. 
All you have to do is become an immortal, and then you can live forever. It's a really, really long time. Well, it's time for you to leave now. Even a baby eagle must learn to fly eventually. No matter what situations you run into out there, you have to hang in there and keep moving forward. Once you leave the village, you can't come back. Because your path will always lie ahead, not behind. The old man patted Baizouchin kindly on the shoulder. Live forever, Baizouchin murdered, murmured. A tremor ran through him, and a look of determination slowly filled his eyes. Under the encouraging gazes, under the encouraging gazes of the old man and the other villagers, he nodded his head seriously and looked around at everyone one last time. Finally, he turned and walked away from the village. As he disappeared off into the distance, the villagers started to look more and more excited. Their forlorn expressions turned to those of joy, and the kind-faced old man began to tremble. Cheers! Tears even streamed down his face. Justice from the heavens! The weasel is finally gone! Who was it that told him they saw an immortal in the area? Whoever it was, I'm going to give you a huge reward on behalf of the village. The village was soon echoing with cries of rejoicing. Some people even took out gongs and drums and began to beating them excitedly. The weasel is gone, someone said. But oh, my poor chickens... He ate the roosters crowing at dawn, so he somehow got all the kids in the village to eat every chicken we had. Today is the beginning of a new era. By this point, Baizouchen was fairly close to the village still and could actually hear the sounds of gongs and drums. He even caught wind of some of the cries of excitement. He stopped in his tracks, a strange expression on his face. After a moment, he cleared his throat and proceeded on his way. Accompanied by the faint sounds of rejoicing, he began to make his way towards Mount Hood. Mount Hood wasn't a very tall mountain, but it was covered with thick vegetation. Therefore, despite the fact that it was dawn, beneath the trees it was dark and quiet. Double Dog told me that he was hunting some wild pigs a days ago and saw an immortal flying around. Baizouchin proceeded along, heart thumping. Suddenly, a rustling sound could be heard from the nearby shrubs. It almost sounded like a wild pig, and it immediately caused Baizouchin to grow extremely nervous. The hair on the back of his neck stood up straight, and he asked, Who, who is it? Who's there? He quickly pulled out four axes and six machetes out of his travel pack. But that in and of itself didn't make him feel much safer, so he also produced a bit of black incense from within his robe, which he clutched tightly with his left hand. Don't come out! He shouted, trembling. Don't even think about coming out! I've got axes and machetes, and this incense can, this incense can call lightning from the heavens and even summon immortals! If you dare to show your face, you're dead! Finally, he turned and ran towards the mountain path, simultaneously juggling all of the various weapons in his hands. Clanking sounds could eventually be heard as axes and machetes began to fall to the ground left and right. Perhaps whatever it was that had been there, rustling around in the shrubbery really did end up getting frightened by him. The sound ceased and no wild animal burst out of the bushes. Baizouchen hurried up the mountain, swiping the sweat from his brow. By this point, his face was pale and he was almost considering giving up this crazy idea of climbing the mountain. But then he thought about the incense stick, which his parents had handed down to him before they died. Supposedly, it had been passed down from their ancestors, a gift bestowed by a down-and-out immortal they had saved. Before departing, the immortal had given it to them to pay back the kindness they had shown. Furthermore, the immortal had even promised to take a member of the Bai clan as a disciple. He told them that merely burning the incense stick would summon him to their side. Bai Xiaochen had actually lit the incense stick... More than ten times in the past few years, and yet no immortal had ever shown up. It eventually reached the point that Bai Xiaochen was starting to suspect whether or not the story about the immortal was even true. Finally, he'd resolved to climb the mountain. For one thing, the incense stick was almost used up, and also, there was the matter of the flying immortal being sighted recently. 
that was how he ended up in his current situation. His theory was that if he could get a bit closer to the immortal, then perhaps it would be easier for that immortal to sense the incense stick. Standing in front of the mountain, he hesitated for a moment, then gritted his teeth and decided to keep going. Thankfully, the mountain wasn't very high, and it didn't take long to reach the peak, where he stopped, panting. He looked down at the village below, and an emotional expression appeared on his face. Then he glanced at the fingernail-sized bit of black incense. It had clearly been burned on numerous occasions, and was almost completely used up. It's been three years. Bless me, Mom and Dad. It has to work this time! Bai Zhaochen took a deep breath and then carefully lit the incense. A stiff breeze instantly kicked up, and in the blink of an eye, dark clouds filled the sky. Lightning crackled, and deafening thunder boomed in his ears. The majesty of the entire scene caused Bai Xiaochen to tremble, fearful that he might be killed by the lightning. He nearly spit on the incense to extinguish it, but managed to hold back. I've lit this incense twelve times in the past three years, and this is the thirteenth time. I have to let it burn. Come on, Xiaochen! The lightning won't kill you. At least, probably not. All twelve times that he lit the incense in the past, there had been lightning and thunder, and yet no immortal had ever appeared. Each time, he had gotten so scared that he spit on the incense to put it out. He actually found it a bit strange that a supposedly immortal stick of incense could be extinguished with some ordinary saliva. Zouchin sat there shaking in fear as the thunder boomed around him. Suddenly, a streak of light appeared off in the air in the distance. It was a middle-aged man wearing luxurious clothing. He had the demeanor of a transcendent being, yet he looked weary and travel-worn. In fact, if you looked closely, his eyes seemed to flicker with extreme exhaustion. Finally, I can see exactly what moron has been lighting the incense stick all the time for the past three years. Every time the man thought about what he had experienced during the past few years, he got extremely annoyed. Three years ago, he had sensed the medicinal aura of an incense stick he had given away back when he was in the key condensation stage. That immediately caused him to recall the debt he owed back in the mortal world. The first time he flew out in response to the incense stick being lit, he had assumed it would be a simple matter of heading out and then immediately returning. He had never imagined that before even being able to find the incense, its aura would suddenly vanish, severing his connection to it. If it had happened only once, it wouldn't have been a big deal. However, over the course of three years, the aura had appeared more than ten times. Over and over again, his search was interrupted, ensuring that he was constantly leaving his sect and then going back. Back and forth. Back and forth. It was torment. As he closed in on Mount Hood, he caught sight of Bai Xiaochen. Fuming with numerous frustrations, the man landed on the mountaintop and waved his hand, instantly extinguishing the sputtering incense stick. The thunder ceased, and Bai Xiaochen stared at the man in shock. Are you an immortal? Bai Xiaochen asked cautiously. Still unsure about what exactly was going on, he slipped his hand behind his back and grabbed an axe. You may call me Ling Qingho. Are you from the Bai clan? The middle-aged cultivator's eyes shone like lightning as he measured up Bai Xiaochen. Ignoring the axe behind his back, to him, Bai Xiaochen seemed delicate, almost pretty. It reminded him of his old friend from years ago. Furthermore, his Latin talent seemed suitable... Li Qingho's anger gradually began to fade. Bai Zhaochen blinked a few times, though he was still a bit scared. He sat up straight and quietly said, Junior most definitely is from the Bai clan. I'm, I'm Bai Zhaochen. All right, well, tell me this, Li Qingho said, his voice cool. Why did you light that incense stick so many times over the past three years? He very much wanted to know the answer to this question. As soon as Bai Zhaoshan heard the question, his mind spun as he tried to come up with a good answer. Finally, a melancholic expression appeared on his face, and he looked down towards the village at the bottom of the mountain. 
Junior is a sentimental and righteous person, he said. I simply couldn't bear to part with my fellow villagers. Every time I lit the incense, I was overwhelmed with feelings of sorrow. The mere thought of leaving them behind was far too painful. Li Qinghou stared in shock. He had never considered such a possibility, and as such, the anger in his heart faded even more. He could tell from this young man's words alone that he was definitely good material. However, the next thing he did was send his divine sense down towards the village, and he heard the sounds of drums and gongs and rejoicing. He even heard the villagers talking about how glad they were that the weasel was gone. An unsightly expression appeared on his face, and he felt a headache coming on. He looked back at the charming and pure by Xiaoqin, who seemed like he wouldn't hurt a fly, and suddenly realized that this kid was a villain to the core. Tell me the truth, Li Qinghou said, his voice echoing like thunder. Bai Zhaoqin was so frightened that he started shaking. Hey, you can't blame me, Bai Zhaoqin said, sounding very miserable. What kind of crappy incense is this anyway? Every time I lit it, lightning would start crashing around everywhere. I almost got killed on several occasions. In fact, avoiding that lightning 13 times over was quite a feat. Li Qinghou looked silently at Bai Zhaoqin. If you were scared, then why did you light it over ten times? Because I'm scared of dying! Bai Zhaochen replied indignantly. Isn't the point of being an immortal cultivator to be able to live forever? I want to live forever. Li Qinghou was once again struck speechless. However, he found the kid's fascination with living forever laudable. He realized that his personality might change a bit after some hard training in the sect. After a moment of thought, he waved his sleeve, sweeping Bai Xiaochen up into a beam of light that shot off into the distance. All right, come with me, he said. Where are we going? asked Bai Xiaochen, suddenly realizing that they were flying. Oh, we're so high! The ground was very, very far down, causing the blood to drain from his face. He immediately dropped his axe and grabbed onto the immortal's leg. Li Qinghou looked down at his clutching his leg, feeling a bit at a loss. He replied... The Spirit Stream Sect. And that is chapter one. Uh, there were little flubs in there, but, you know, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a really cool way to open the story, and it really, it, it really explains very well the kind of character that we're dealing with in the main protagonist, or in, in the story by Xiaochen. Um, he's a complete trickster. He's very manipulative. He obviously use whatever means necessary to get what he wants in terms of playing with people's emotions and playing with, you know, how they perceive him. And unfortunately that goes his way a lot of times, uh, maybe fortunately and a lot of way, a lot of times it tends to not, but in the end, as luck seems to always be on the main character's side, it, it ends up working out if not in comedic ways and unexpected ways. Uh, this novel is really enjoyable. It's about 560 chapters in right now on the translation. And I'm really enjoying it. Not often do you read something that's like funny, but also enough to keep you entertained and keep you, you know, captivated. And Ergen's doing a really good job with a Will Eternal to do that. And the translation is done really well. Deathblade does a great job on keeping the tone the same, keeping the expressions the same within the stories. Uh, this is a really good one that'll get you laughing. Like, honestly, you'll be reading this and just chuckling to yourself constantly. Uh, deals with a lot of funny stuff surrounding alchemy. Um, if you were to think of 
What is the weirdest thing that could come from swallowing a medicinal pill in one of these stories? It definitely has several arcs that deal with that, but it does it in a constructive way where let's say there's a pill that makes you have to go to the bathroom a bunch. Like this is just right off the top of my head. It would create that, create a storyline that, that, that has that within it as kind of a joke, but then it would also use it in a way like later in the story when you least expect it, where if that's the only thing he's got on him, he'll try to use it in a situation to help save his ass in that situation. So it, it, it's smart with its writing. It's smart with its comedy where it doesn't leave things left behind. Sometimes you read these stories and they'll like introduce something that doesn't really work at that moment. But then like 500 chapters later, you're thinking, wait, but he has that. Why isn't he using that? That would just do everything for him right now. Why doesn't he have that? Uh, this doesn't do that. It remembers every situation. It remembers all these crazy little, little story intricacy intricacies with uh, Xiao Chun and all the characters from within the sects that he goes into and all these fights and all this cool stuff. But it also deals with really dark, gritty stuff. A lot of it has to deal with like soul refining. A lot of it has to deal with like uh, on some level torture, on some level, some really, really, really graphic descriptions of things happening. But it always has that underlying comedy element that makes it lighthearted enough that you don't feel like you're reading a light novel about Berserk. You know, like Berserk's awesome, don't get me wrong, but it's really, really dark. This is dark at times, but the comedy is really there because the character just brings it in so so wholeheartedly. Um I just really uh I just really enjoyed it so far. Please let me know what you think of that story. Uh if you're reading it, let me know because I'm totally caught up on it. I'm actually paying to see early release chapters so I can talk about that if you guys are paying too, and you like don't have anyone to talk about who's doing the Patreon thing. But yeah, let me know what you think. Uh, definitely one to check out, one to read for sure. If you're looking for something like you're caught up on it and you haven't read I Shall Seal the Heavens, that's a crazy one. I'm really excited. Uh, they're going to release uh, an entirely edited, transla- edited translation of it in a full novel form, which is going to be really cool. I'm so glad that's happening. I'm going to have to reread it because a lot of a lot of these stories have aspects of them that you know, combine with the other stories that Ergen's written. So like, uh, there's lots of references to Renegade Immortal in I Shall Seal the Heavens. And there's not so many references to the other books in A Will Eternal yet. But this is kind of, this is kind of like a news, big news topic that, that uh, Deathblade told me, which is really cool. Uh, obviously, um, A Will Eternal is in the same written universe as Renegade Immortal and I Shall Seal the Heavens. But what I was told is that there's actually a very on the nose and substantial piece of evidence in a epilogue of uh, a Will Eternal. So this story is already over in China and they released all of it with the, with the author's notes and everything, but there is an actual epilogue that wasn't translated by many people and it wasn't posted on the websites over there. So in that it does have substantial evidence, uh, teasing what the next story universe will be that Ergen's working on. It also directly ties in a will eternal into the, I shall seal the heavens universe, which is really cool. Cause if you've read, I shall seal the heavens, you know what happens at the end. And I'm not going to spoil that for you. I've tried to keep today's show, uh, low on spoilers to as much as I could. Of course, we're talking about the end of desolate era. So there's going to be a little bit there, but 
there's not enough spoilers in this that could ruin it. So if you haven't wa- haven't read it, go read it now. They're making a TV show. They're making a movie. It's a really, really, really sick novel. Uh, fan questions. As this is the first episode, we don't have any fan questions, but please send them to me. Uh, tweet at Immortal Index. That's I-M-M-O-R-T-A-L-I-N-D-E-X on Twitter. Or you can tweet me directly at Stephen Lemieux, uh, at S-T-P-H-E-N. L-E-M-I-E-U-X. We'll have a fan question section each week, which we can go over any range of topics. So just let me know what you want to talk about. Also, let me know what translator you'd like to see on the show the most, because I want to reach out to these guys and get them, get some interviews, answer your questions with them and roll that into the show. Um, This week, our poll was, what has been your favorite I Eat Tomatoes novel so far in a choice between Coiling Dragon, Desolate Era and Stellar Transformations? And I'm going to look at it right now to see where we're at because this thing went a little bit crazy. I didn't expect to get as many votes as I did within the first day. But right now there's 14 hours left in the poll. But as of now, Desolate Era has 42%, Stellar Transformations is 15%, and Coiling Dragon has 43% with 214 votes. That votes. That's a... That's a difference of 1% between Coiling Dragon and Desolate Era. So if you just finished Desolate Era and you haven't read Coiling Dragon, now is the time to jump on that. Maybe let the chapters build up a bit for the other ones you're reading and just dive in. Because Coiling Dragon's really awesome. It's what got me into Usha in the very first place. It's the first one I read. I loved it. I was totally hooked. Definitely after that, I was like, okay, where else can I find this content? Uh, obviously I found Usha world. I started finding, I shall seal the heavens. I found stellar transformations. I even read, uh, you know, I read, uh, the moonlight sculptor. Uh, that was a really cool one. Uh, it stopped being updated, so I haven't gotten too caught up on it. Um, but no, definitely jump in on that. But yeah, it looks like coiling dragons actually the winner at this point in time. Uh, but on Twitter, you'll be able to see, and you'll be able to vote. You'll be able to put your die into the, the ring and see uh, see if you can change the outcome. Also, please, for the next week, we're going to be having a poll of how do you prefer to read Wuxia or Xianxia? How do you prefer to read these novels? Um, and I don't mean online uh, in terms of like just reading it on your computer. These are the options for the poll, right? As they release online, which means like, okay, they just put it up on Wuxia World. You just check out the chapter and then the next day you check back in, you watch it or you read it, Patreon early chapters. Do you subscribe to your authors on Patreon and get the early chapters because you just can't get enough? Uh, Because the arc's that good and you're like, oh my God, this cliffhanger, I need to know, I need to know. Um, And then the third option is save up and binge. So do you, you know, you choose one novel, let's say you're reading Blue Phoenix for a few weeks and then you just let that build up, even though it's over now, but uh, you let that build up, go to another novel and then come back in a few weeks so you can binge like eight chapters at a time. Or after the novel ends? Do you only read Usha and Xianxia after they end? Uh, Honestly, if you do, I'm kind of jealous of you because you get to just go from start to finish. I don't, obviously. I've been reading this stuff for two years now and finally Desolate Era. I don't mean finally. I mean, unfortunately, Desolate Era has come to an end. So uh, vote in that poll. We'll be going over it next week during the show. 
Let me what you think. Uh, as we wrap out the show, guys, I want to give a special shout out to Usha World for providing all the great content we love to talk about. And a gigantic huge thanks to Deathblade for supporting the idea of doing this podcast, translating quotes for a tattoo I'm getting soon, as well as helping me out with a lot of the details surrounding these stories. Uh, please make sure to subscribe, hit the thumbs up, leave us a rating and comment on iTunes for a shout out next week. And uh, really quick before we head out, I want to just give a shout out to everyone on Twitter who's already been, you know, interacting. I started this Twitter today. I've already got 20 followers. Uh, shout out to R- RJT Reyes, uh, who says, My vote goes to Coiling Dragon. Desolate Area has so many plot armors, few plot twists, and sometimes it's absurd. Even though the writing in Coiling Dragon is somewhat plain, the fight scenes are very detailed and no unimaginable power-ups in the middle of fights. P.S. I love both novels. You have a valid point. Desolate Era has a few power-ups in the middle of flights. I, I get it. But it's still really captivating. Uh, but yeah, thank you for watching. A shout-out to Thomas Edwards, who says that Stellar Transformations was his first back when He-Man was translating, but thinks Desolate Era is better. He found it cheap that they gave him an overpowered item and made the Immortal Hark not as good, but because he could just hide and no one could touch him. But overall, Desolate Era, but the first half of Coiling Dragon was the best. So shout out to you. You can follow him at Thomas Edwards 22. Shout out to Tito Weba. Shout out to Lachlan Butler, Mr. Bacon Error, and Alex Thompson. Shout out to everybody who's watched, uh, who's supporting the show, who's going to watch the show, who's listening. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this. Share it with your friends. And guys, just keep reading. We will see you next week.